Hello and welcome to Rinse and Repeat. I'm Carol Escaros. As Christians, perhaps you have had your fair share of critics or detractors. Maybe it's just, you know, a subtle look you might get when you say you're praying about a decision or when you reference reading your Bible or going to church, you might get a certain look or a kind of a shrug or some subtle form of disapproval. But maybe you've gotten a little bit more than that. Maybe you've been persecuted in some way or criticized verbally. Maybe you've heard phrases like this, you know, Christians are just a bunch of judgmental hypocrites. Have you heard that one? I will never go to a church because you guys are a bunch of judgmental hypocrites. You are just holier than thou. You think you're better than everybody. How about this one? You're a bunch of holy rollers. What is a holy roller? Anyway, I mean, I'm trying to think like, I know rollers that you put in your hair, you know, those curlers. Yeah. But how does, how is a roller holy, but holy rollers, or I've heard this one more often, Christians are self-righteous Bible thumpers. Yeah. So maybe you've heard those, maybe you've heard some others, but amazingly, the answer to all those accusations that you may have heard leveled against you or at Christians in general is wrapped up in today's name of God, Jehovah Sidkenu. That's right, Jehovah Sidkenu. You may not know this one very well. It's spelled T-S-I-D-K-E-N-U, Sidkenu, which means the Lord our righteousness, the Lord our righteousness. How is the answer to all of that criticism rolled up in Jehovah Sidkenu, our righteousness? You see, when someone calls us those names, you're a holy roller or you're holier than thou, you can say the only righteousness I have is the righteousness I have in God. He gives it to me because he is my righteousness. Or you can say the only holiness I have is because he is in me and he is holy. He is righteous. Jehovah Sidkenu, my righteousness. So it's important to study all of the names of God. It's important to understand all of his names, all of his attributes. But this one, because I feel like we have no righteousness, no holiness, none of that in and of ourselves. It only exists as part of God and therefore as part of Jehovah Sidkenu. So that's why I want to study it. Now, it comes all over the scripture, but really in the first two references are in the book of Jeremiah. So I want to read them together to begin. And we're going to review some other scriptures, but I want to begin here in Jeremiah so that we can lay a foundation of the importance of this name, Jehovah Sidkenu. So if you would turn with me to Jeremiah 23, verses 1 through 8 first, we're going to look at that initially, but I think if you don't have a Bible handy, no problem. Just listen along with me as I read it to you, Jeremiah 23, verses 1 through 8. Here we go. Woe to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, says the Lord. Therefore, thus says the Lord God of Israel against the shepherds who feed my people, 
You have scattered my flock, driven them away, and not attended to them. Behold, I will attend to you for your evil doings, says the Lord. But I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the countries where I have driven them and bring them back to their folds, and they shall be fruitful and increase. And I will set up shepherds over them who will feed them, and they will fear no more, nor be dismayed, nor shall they be lacking, says the Lord. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I will raise to David a branch of righteousness. A king shall reign and prosper and execute judgment and righteousness in the earth. In his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will dwell safely. Now this is his name by which he will be called the Lord our righteousness. Therefore, behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that they shall no longer say, as the Lord lives who brought up the children of Israel from the land of Egypt, but as the Lord lives who brought up and led the descendants of the house of Israel from the north country and from all the countries where I had driven them, and they shall dwell in their own land. Pause there. Herein we have the first use of the name Jehovah Sidkenu, the Lord our righteousness. And obviously, for those who are familiar with the passage, you know it's prophetic in many, many senses. Already, it's pointing to the Lord Jesus Christ. He is going to be out of David, a branch of righteousness, a king shall reign and prosper. He will return as a coming king, right? And in his days, he's going to save Judah, but he's going to save Judah spiritually first. And ultimately, he's going to save his people on the earth. And what the end portion of the passage is saying is that there's going to be a reference of God bringing his people back from the diaspora, from them being driven all over the world back to the fold, okay? So that's the passage we just read. But now I want you to turn with me to the second reference of Jehovah Sidkenu in Jeremiah 33, and we're only going to read four verses, 14 through 17. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I will perform that good thing which I have promised to the house of Israel and to the house of Judah. In those days and at that time, I will cause to grow up to David a branch of righteousness. He shall execute judgment and righteousness in the earth. In those days, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will dwell safely. And this is the name by which she shall be called the Lord our righteousness. For thus says the Lord, David shall never lack a man to sit on the throne of the house of Israel. So that is the second use of the name there. That was in Jeremiah 33 verses 14 through 17. So what is happening here? What is Jeremiah talking about in these passages? If you'll recall, there are two kingdoms. Israel is divided into two kingdoms, one in the north, which is Israel, and one in the south, which is Judah, okay? Jeremiah is prophesying during the time of a wicked king, Zedekiah, in the south, in Judah, okay? So while King Zedekiah's name means Jehovah is righteous— Zedekiah was wicked, okay? He's a wicked king. Now, Israel had already been led away captive, and now Judah is about to face the same exact fate 
as Israel had faced. Judah is now going to head in that same direction. They are going to be led away captive. So pause with me for a moment in this Bible lesson, the backdrop to Jehovah Sidkenu. Pause with me on a tangent that's not really a tangent. Here we see Judah repeating the same exact mistakes that Israel had made. Can you give me examples in Scripture where people repeated the same mistakes over and over and over and over again? I'll pause for a second and let you think about that. Folks in Scripture who repeated the same mistakes over and over. How about the children of Israel in the wilderness? They complained again and again and again and one more time. Yeah, wasn't really working out well for them when they complained. Or how about Abraham? He didn't lie about Sarah being his wife just once. He did it twice. Pharaoh, refusing to let God's people go. How many plagues did he actually have to get hit with before he finally learned the lesson? He repeated the mistake over and over and over again. Or how about in the New Testament when Jesus is sitting at the well speaking to the Samaritan woman? She had been married and divorced and married and divorced. And by the time Jesus is interacting with her, the man that she's living with isn't even her husband, right? She's had, what, five husbands? And the one she's with now isn't even her husband. But listen, before we shake our heads and wag our fingers and too much of that holy roller judgmental behavior towards the men and women of the Bible who didn't learn these lessons quickly, don't we do exactly the same thing? Think about it with me honestly. Don't we make the same mistakes over and over again? Newsflash, which means Captain Obvious moment. In your marriage, do you only argue about, let's say, communication issues or lack of communication issues just once? Do you only argue because your wife or your husband fails to communicate just one time in your entire marriage? No, We tend to make those communication errors over and over and over again, and they can be a source of an incredible amount of conflict. Or do you tend to butt heads about family issues or money problems or stressors in ministry or stressors at work? We do the same things again and again. Do siblings fight over the same things over and over? Are there workplace squabbles over the same projects? Listen, we repeat our errors. And if I'm going to always give you moments of honesty on the podcast, okay, here on Rinse and Repeat, you get honesty all the time. I would rather err on the side of brutal honesty than artifice any day of the week here on the podcast. Okay, I want to say that very clearly. I want you to know where I am and what I struggle with and what I bring to Jesus over and over before you might ever think that I am living one way and teaching quite another set of rules that I just don't live by. I struggle with a lot of these same things myself. 
And as I've told you before, a mistake I've made over and over again is sharing an opinion or ideas for fixing a problem or running in to fix a problem before I have gone to my prayer closet. And very often I know, I'm like, I have to stop talking right now and go to my prayer closet and seek the Lord on this before I share any more of what I think on a matter. And then I share a little bit and I share a little more and I share a little more and more and more and more. And then I think we should do this and do this and do this. And and then we're headlong on a strategy with 10 point plan before I've prayed about anything. I'm ashamed to say I've made that mistake a lot. So a key lesson for us, even as we're approaching the lessons on Jehovah's Sidkenu, is we make these same mistakes over and over and over again, but there is hope in the Word of God even before we get to the meaning of this name of God. Three things that I'd love for you to write down. If our issue is falling into the same patterns of sin over and over and over again— And I say this very seriously because I know that many young men and women who listen to the podcast have fallen into patterns of sexual sin, pornography. There's just a lot of stuff that is holding our young people in bondage, and they hate themselves by themselves, and it's a repeated painful mistake. You are not alone. Let's make that abundantly clear. And here are three things I've learned in battling my repeated mistakes. One thing is this. In order to prevent a sin, especially prevent it in the first place before it becomes a habitual sin, you want to make sure that you are daily in the Word of God, okay? You want to have a daily walk in the Word of God. Psalm 119 verses 9 through 11. And I tell you all the time on the podcast, Psalm 119 is the Word of God psalm, okay? So if you want to read a very long but a very meaningful psalm when it comes to the importance of the Word of God in the life of a believer, read Psalm 119. This is Psalm 119 verses 9 through 11. How can a young man cleanse his way by taking heed according to your word? With my whole heart, I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. So if you want to prevent sin, and this verse even indicates you want to heal from sin that you've fallen into even after you've repented of it, Get in the Word of God and stay in the Word of God. That's number one. Number two, you cannot stop falling into the same sin traps over and over and over again apart from the work of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. You need a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit upon your life. And you will see the Holy Spirit coming upon people when there's a special work or a special thing that they need to be empowered to overcome. And turn with me or listen to Galatians 5, verses 16 and 17. Galatians 5, 16 and 17. And I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. 
And then it goes on to list the works of the flesh versus the fruit of the spirit. So you're going to do the things you don't want to do. You're going to be fleshed out. If you are not walking in the spirit, you must ask God to fill you afresh with the Holy Spirit. And the third thing, start keeping a food diary, if you will, a set of pitfalls. What is occurring in your life right before you fall into that habitual sin? And know what leads up to the sinful behaviors. For example, if you have a tendency to uh, use foul language and you really want to stop using foul language, and you find that your language tends to be much, much worse after you have watched certain television shows or certain movies, then you know that there's likely to be a connection between what you're watching and what you're saying. So if you cut out some of the unnecessary things that you're watching, you might give yourself a better chance as you're in the Word and as you're freshly filled with the Spirit, a better chance to overcome that bad habitual habit of sinning with your words. Or if you're like me and you are one that is quick to share an opinion or come to a conclusion and a plan of action before you have prayed, it means you need to slow down. Well, what are the things that make you feel rushed to action? There are certain trigger words for me. Well, what do you want to do? Well, we have to figure this out. Well, mom or Carol, what are we going to do? We have to figure it. Those things trigger me that I have to act now. When in reality, I don't have to act now. I don't. I can simply say, let me think about that. Let me write it down. Let me seek the Lord on it and I'll get back to you. So I have to know the things, the allergens that give me hives, if you will, and avoid those things that cause me to react, okay? And listen, Jesus said it perfectly in Matthew 26, 41. Write this one down, y'all. Matthew 26, 41. Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Watch and pray. Be careful. Watch the pitfalls. Keep that diary to prevent falling into the same sins again and again. So one, have a great walk with the Word of God. Two, a fresh filling of the Spirit daily. Three, watch those pitfalls. Keep that food diary. Avoid the things that are tending to keep you circling the drain in those habitual sin areas. So that's the situation Jeremiah is speaking into here in King Zedekiah and Judah's story saying you're headed the same way Israel went. You're committing the same sins. But look, Jeremiah is telling them, God is saying, turn to me. I am Jehovah Sidkenu. I am your righteousness. I'm here. You need righteousness? Look to me. I'm here. Despite whatever judgment is coming, despite whatever difficulty is going to come upon you, I am going to preserve a remnant, and that remnant of people are going to remain faithful to me. And I am going to allow that remnant to return to the homeland, and they are going to know me by name 
Jehovah Sidkenu. Amidst all of that judgment, guys, amidst all of that, God makes a way, a way out, a way of righteousness, hence his name, Jehovah Sidkenu. And listen, that literally means, righteousness there literally means to be stiff, straight, to be right, to be just. In other words, God is not just right. He is rightness itself. He isn't just a straight line. He's the level. You know the level that you might use when you're trying to draw a straight line or get a straight piece of wood in a construction project or carpentry project? He's the plumb line. He's the standard. God is Jehovah Sidkenu, meaning he is the standard of rightness itself. And look, there's fundamentally, I feel, two problems that we as human beings tend to have when it comes to this name, God being our righteousness. And the first problem, again, in my opinion, is that if God alone is right and he is the standard of justice and rightness, we don't always want his standard of rightness. We don't want him to be the one who's right. We want to be the ones who are right. I know I sound like I'm being a toddler, but aren't we like that? You know, I just envision my toddlers when they like stomp their feet and flail their arms at the side and their way. And that was the only way. Very often, that's a problem we have with Jehovah Sidkenu. We don't want him being our righteousness. We want to be our righteousness. Psalm 145 verse 17 says, the Lord is righteous in all his ways. In other words, everything that God does is right. All of his works are right and they are just. And that's very hard pill for us to swallow because it doesn't make sense to us. We think, well, how is it right that God took this family member of mine? How is it right that this car accident took this loved one of mine? How is it right? How is it fair? I'm not going to sit here and on a podcast tell you I have the answer to that, because I don't. I'd be lying to you. All I know is that God is right even when it hurts, even when it doesn't make sense, even when I want to stomp my feet and kick and flail. And trust me, I do my fair share of all of that. God alone is righteous. So he gets to make the rules and his rules are these. The wages of sin is death. And the only way to cover the wages of sin and death is by the shedding of blood, right? Because there is no remission of sin without the shedding of blood. That's God's way of covering sin and death. But look, throughout history, man is trying to come up with an alternative solution to God's right and just plan of covering sin with blood, okay? We have tried for millennia to decide for ourselves that there are other gods and there are alternative plans and there isn't one way, truth, and life. And 
listen, no one can come to the Father but by me. We've been trying to find other ways to the Father, other ways to heaven, and we've been trying to do it for a very, very long time. We go from there being one truth to many, many truths. People go on the news and they say, this is my truth and this is your truth. In other words, there are millions of truths out there. There isn't a universal truth, which means that there's millions of ways to be right. There isn't a universal righteousness. You see? It's dangerous. And that's our fundamental problem is that God being rightness itself, we don't always want that. We want something else. We strive against it. I can give you a perfect illustration from my kids' lives, and they always kill me with this story. When Abigail and Meg were younger, when we lived in New Jersey, they one day wanted to make soup. And I was sitting at the kitchen table studying for women's Bible study, and they said, Mom, you just sit right there. We're going to make soup. You can't help us. You can't tell us what to put in the pot. You can't tell us what to do. We're going to make the soup. And all you're going to do is sit there. And I said, okay, there's only one rule. And that is this. Daddy said, whatever you put in that pot, you have to drink it. Whatever you make, you must drink. They said, oh, yes, we're going to drink it. So they didn't just take out a little saucepan, okay? They took out the stock pot, you know, the big, deep one. They went boom on the stove. They didn't put in chicken broth or beef broth. No, they put in water and more water and water. And I think they dumped in like, I don't know, a cup of salt and pepper and garlic and cilantro, including the stalks cucumbers. Yes, they put cucumbers in hot soup. And I think the cucumbers still had the skin and the wax on them. Pepper. I mean, at one point, I think battery acid went into that pot. No, they didn't really put battery acid. But as I was watching what was going on, I mean, I'm both crying and laughing to myself. And when he got home and dinner was served, they were so proud of themselves. Like they brought out their pot of soup and they were so happy. And when they went to ladle it into their bowls and they put the spoon up to their mouth, just the smell of it, they were like, what row? And then they just couldn't swallow it. You see, they didn't want their parents' way of doing things. That's the fuddy-duddy way. You think you're always right about how to make soup, mom. You think it always needs like a stock base, like a chicken or a vegetable or a beef broth, some sort of a base. Water is just fine, thank you. They didn't want a standard for soup making. They wanted to do it their own way. And when they did it their own way, they couldn't swallow it. They couldn't live with the consequences of their choices. And listen, as if that wasn't enough, years and years later, I overheard them retelling the story. By now, we all called it Sin Soup. I had shared it on radio, and I called it Sin Soup on radio. So years later, we're referring to it as Sin Soup. So they're telling the Sin Soup story. But in their retelling, I actually overheard one of them say, you know, our mom wouldn't even help us. 
She wouldn't even help us make the soup. Can you believe it? And I came like flying in there. Oh, no, you don't. You are not going to put that blame on me. I was told I couldn't help you. But don't we do that? We look at what we end up with. We look at what happens when we're left with our own devices, when there is sickness in the world because the world is fallen. And when we see the consequences of our sin, our families are broken and our kids are angry because we are angry and they slam doors because we slam doors and all of the things We don't take responsibility for our own choices. We blame God. We say, God, why did you give us this world? Or why is there pain and suffering? We bring it back to, well, God didn't help us. No, God handed us a standard. He is the standard. And in fact, so good is our God. So perfect is our God. That in his righteousness, he gave us the fulfillment of his own standard of righteousness. You see, he is rightness itself, right? Jehovah Sidkenu is rightness itself. And so in order to meet the standards of his own righteousness, he sent Jesus to meet his own standards, He didn't expect us to elevate ourselves to the standards he required. No, he sent Jesus to do it. And Jesus, Jesus himself is enough. And ultimately, that's the second problem we face in facing this name of God, Jehovah Sidkenu. See, he is our righteousness, but our goodness will never, ever, ever be good enough. No matter what we do, as good as your works are, as little as you sin, your goodness will never be good enough. Isaiah 64, 6 puts it perfectly. But we are all like an unclean thing, and all our righteousness are like filthy rags. Filthy rags. That's the picture here. Every good thing you think you bring to the table, that's what it is. Disgusting. Our good deeds are never enough. We don't have the standards that God requires in ourselves. There's no one righteous. No, not one. The way that we overcome the difficulty with all of this, see, we try to figure out the problem by devising a man-made religion. Okay, we devise a way that we then elevate ourselves and we say, well, let's try to have enough good works that hopefully we will meet God's standards of righteousness. So, okay, this good work, maybe with this good work, maybe with that good work will be enough. Whereas the scripture is clear, all of your good work is not enough. But then we go the other way and we say, you know what? None of those good works are enough. I am simply enough. And then we get into this self-realization, new age, the power lies within me and just me, not in what I do, but in myself and my self-realization. And none of that is the answer. Not in finding different gods, 
or different ways to God or in ourselves or in our good works, bag all of that. The righteousness we need lies only in Him, our righteousness. It only is in Christ becoming it for us. The scripture is so clear. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, He made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. Imagine it. Jesus didn't even know sin. He had none of it in himself. If people tell you, oh, Jesus was just a man. No, he was fully man, fully God, sinless, sinless. He knew no sin, but he became sin for us. Why? That we might become what? The righteousness of God in him. That's what 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. That's the key, the ultimate point of Jehovah said canoe, this whole message gets wrapped up in that key point. Jesus Christ is the very embodiment of Jehovah said canoe. He is our righteousness. He took on our sin that we might become the righteousness of God in him. In other words, he lent us his righteousness. When God looks down at you or me, he doesn't look at that habitual sin I talked to you about early on, that sexual sin or that running off at the mouth, or maybe you have the more conflict averse. I have friends that are absolutely conflict averse, which it can be as much of a difficulty as being a proponent of conflict or one who is uh, ready for a fight all the time. Whether you're conflict averse, whether you sin in public or sin in secret, all of that is covered by the blood of Jesus Christ when God doesn't see our sin, any of that, any flavor of our sin anymore. What he sees is the righteousness of Jesus Christ in us. Can you imagine it? Imagine God looking down from heaven and seeing Jesus when he looks at us. It actually gives me chills just thinking about it. And that's what Isaiah 61, and again, this is an Old Testament reference. Isaiah 61, 10 says, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation. Listen, he has covered me with the robe of righteousness. You see that? We put on the robe. Jehovah Sidkenu puts on righteousness on us. Jesus gives us, ah, here's my righteousness. Let me put that on you. When God looks at you, he sees your sin no more, believer. And what is the ultimate gift of all of this, of knowing Jehovah Sidkenu personally? What I'm about to read to you comes from Isaiah 32, and I'm closing with this thought. Isaiah 32, verses 17 and 18. Listen, the work of righteousness will be peace. The effect of righteousness, quietness and assurance forever. My people will dwell in a peaceful habitation, in secure dwellings, in quiet 
resting places. Do you see the connection between God's righteousness, Jehovah's canoe, and how we live our lives? Look at this picture in Isaiah 32. Do you want a life of peace, of quietness, of assurance, of security, of quiet dwelling places, of a place of rest? Then you need his righteousness in you. In other words, you need Jesus. You need Jesus. Jesus ultimately is our righteousness, Jehovah Sidkenu. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Rinse and Repeat. Again, I'm Carol Iscaros. My last name is spelled E-S-K-A-R-O-S. You can find me on social media, Carol Iscaros on Instagram or Carol Morgan Iscaros on Facebook. You can also email me at caroliscaros at gmail.com. That's carol, E-S-K-A-R-O-S at gmail.com. Rinse and Repeat is a weekly podcast. Sometimes we publish a little more frequently than weekly, but right now it's a weekly podcast that basically is digging into the Word of God, bringing elements of biblical truth, and connecting this incredible biblical truth to our daily living as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. It is my privilege to frequently address women and teens, young people of various ages. It's a gift to teach them live and in person. If you're a man listening to the podcast, welcome. It's been a gift, and I hope you've been encouraged by something you've heard on the podcast. Ladies, it's a joy to be teaching you. And I hope that if you have questions, Bible questions, questions about something I've said, if you have feedback about the program, if you want more information, and listen, if you don't know Jesus, or you don't know if you have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, write to me, reach out to me on social media. I would love to tell you more about my Jesus, especially as we're heading into 2022. What better way to start the new year than with a fresh, incredible walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. And I can't wait to have you join me next time for Rinse and Repeat.